Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. The Apostle Paul has finally arrived in the city of Rome after quite the journey from Caesarea. He had appealed to Caesar uh, when he was on trial before the Roman governors Felix and then Festus and Herod Agrippa II. Uh, they had, Festus had thought to move him back to Jerusalem to uh, have a trial before the Jews there, uh, but Paul knew that God was calling him to share the gospel in the city of Rome, and so had appealed to Caesar. Uh, after a very dangerous voyage across the Mediterranean Sea, including a a massive storm that blew them out into the middle of the Mediterranean and a shipwreck, Uh, finally landing on the island of Malta, now Paul has finally arrived in Rome. And we're looking today at Acts chapter 28 and verses 17 through 31, and so I'll read those as we begin. Acts chapter 28 and verse 17. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people, or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. When they had appointed a day for him, They came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, 
proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Now, in this final section of the book of Acts, Paul first makes his case before the Jews in Rome. This follows with his practice of taking the gospel of Jesus to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. We've seen that this was his regular habit. As he had entered a new city, he would go to the synagogue first and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah to the Jews. It was only upon being rejected by the Jews that he would then take the gospel to the Gentiles in that city. So after Paul had been in Rome for three days, he called together the leaders of the Jews in the city, and he spoke to them directly in verse 17. He told them that he had done nothing either against his people or against the customs of their fathers, but nevertheless was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of of the Romans, verse 17. Now we've seen this before. Paul begins here with an appeal to his innocence, and he also wants them to know that he has not betrayed his people, Israel, and he has not violated the laws of the Old Testament. He's done nothing to compromise the Mosaic law, in contrast to what uh, many Jews slandered him in saying. When uh, he says of the Romans then that they had held him captive and that when they had examined him, they wished to set him at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in his case. He adds to, the, to his case of innocence the witness of the Roman leaders in Caesarea. You'll remember Festus and Herod Agrippa's declaration of Paul's innocence at the end of chapter 26 in verses 31 and 32. This is what they said there. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, this man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Uh, Paul doesn't choose the easy way out here. Uh, he wants to go to uh, Rome and make sure that he testifies before Caesar uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the Jews objected to his being set free, Paul says, he was compelled to appeal to Caesar, although he had no charge to bring against his nation. He just wanted to be exonerated of the charges uh, that the Jews were bringing against him, he says in verse 19. Paul then tells the leaders of the Jews that this was why he had asked to see them, because it was the, the hope of Israel for which he was wearing the chains, uh, for which he was imprisoned at the present time in verse 20. The hope of Israel is a reference, I think, to the Messiah here and a preview of what he was about to share with them in the gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the Christ, the Messiah of Israel. Christ is the Greek translation of the Hebrew term Messiah. The Jewish leaders responded that they had not received word from any Jews in Judea about Paul, and there had been no one from Judea that had come to report about Paul or speak any evil about him in verse 21. 
given the difficulty of travel with which Paul and his companions had made their voyage, any Jews attempting such a trip would probably have decided to wait at least until the following spring to travel. So the leaders of the Jews in Rome tell Paul that they want to hear what he has to say, and they show their hand by saying, with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. They were predisposed to think negatively of the way of Christ. Now, given that there was a church in Rome already, they had probably already been exposed to at least some of the teachings of the followers of Jesus. So they are already leery of what Paul is going to say, it seems, uh, in, in Luke's presentation of it here in verse 22. Now Luke says in verse 23 that when they had appointed a day for him, for Paul, the Jewish leaders came to him at his lodging in greater numbers, and Paul spoke to them from morning until evening, testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Paul was making his case to the Jews based on the Old Testament that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah who was to come. Now, the result was that some were convinced by what Paul said, but others did not believe. This is the consistent response to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we see this throughout not only the book of Acts, but throughout the New Testament. Some believe when the gospel is presented, and others do not. Now, this would be a good moment for us to reflect on uh, whether or not... Uh, me, personally, you, the listener, have believed in the gospel of Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, eternally existing from before the creation of the world, and that in time he was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, suffered and died on the cross to pay the penalty that your sin and my sin deserved? Do you believe that Jesus rose again from the dead and today offers forgiveness of sins to any and, and all who believe? Do you believe that he is the Messiah, the anointed one, the true king of Israel, and indeed uh, the true king of all the earth? This is the good news that Paul preached and it is the only way by which we can be saved. Now, you may have listened to uh, one radio message, or you may have listened to this entire series up until this point. But the question that you need to consider at this moment is, have I believed this message? Have I trusted the good news that Paul preached, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ? Faith in Jesus Christ alone leads to salvation. Now, the Jews, after hearing Paul present the gospel, disagreed among themselves and departed uh, when Paul had made this statement. The Holy Spirit was right, he said, in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear 
but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For these people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Notice that Paul attributes the voice of God in this passage, and he's quoting from the Old Testament from Isaiah chapter 6. He attributes the speaker here uh, of these words, the words to the Holy Spirit. The vision that Isaiah received then was given by the Holy Spirit. Now, Isaiah sees the Lord enthroned in heaven, uh, seated on his throne. And yet, he says here that this is the Spirit of God speaking. So the Word of God in Scripture is the Word of the Holy Spirit to God's people. This is a wonderful and powerful testimony to the deity of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not part God or some kind of lesser God. He is 100% God, equal and equivalent to uh, the God the Father and God the Son. We worship God in Trinity. There is only one God, and he has eternally existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Paul says that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles would listen and be saved in verse 29. God's grace has now been extended beyond Israel to the ends of the earth, to the Gentiles, those who were farthest from believing. Well, now, in the final two verses of Acts chapter 28 uh, and of the book of Acts, Luke's final words tell us that Paul lived in Rome two whole years at his own expense or in his own hired dwelling. He would have had the Roman guard with him, but he was permitted a great deal of freedom during this time. Remember, he was still in chains. We had heard that in verse 20. He said that to the Jewish leaders. But Paul welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming to them the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. He was witnessing powerfully and effectively during this period, which would have lasted from A.D. 60 to A.D. 62. This is where Luke concludes his narrative and so tells us the book of Acts was probably written from Rome at this time. But what would happen to Paul? Well, while we don't have any more narrative version, we do have clues from his epistles, and in the next several sessions, we will look at some of the uh, letters that he wrote from his time in Rome. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu.